Hey everybody, it's Heath Mulliken, and I am joined today by Dr. Vicki Luther. Uh, Dr. Luther, hey, thank you for joining me today. Hi, good morning. So uh, the first thing I want to ask you um, as we kind of, we'll just kind of go through your career, but how did you first learn about Southern Wesleyan uh, University? What led you to enrolling uh, there? Uh, definitely a God thing. Um, I actually grew up in the Wesleyan Church, and um, and so a lot of, I'm from Delaware, a lot of my um, friends were going to University of Delaware, and um, I just, um, I just felt led to, um, to go. I, you know, it was funny because um, it was far away from home, but I just really felt led to go there. And I also um, knew a couple of people from um, the um, church district who, um, you know, were associated or had gone. And I had heard that it had a really good education program. And so I, um, I ended up actually visiting for the first time during um, the summer before I went and really just loved it. I loved the small atmosphere, um, just really enjoyed everything about it. And so I knew it was the place that I wanted to go. And definitely um, I look back now and we laugh because I ended up um, meeting my husband um, my very first day that I was there. My parents had just driven away. I really didn't know a lot of people. I didn't actually, I knew like maybe one or two people, including my roommate. And um, I ended up, um, he came up and said hi. And, um, and so here we are. (laughs) 2020, and um, so I, I got I got a good education, and I also got a husband out of the deal. <laughs> so, what part of uh, Delaware did you grow up in? We lived up in Wilmington for about a year. Oh wow, yeah, Dover, um, outside of Dover, Camden. Um, but I um, so you know, Dover's very small, or Delaware is very small, three counties. And um, so, you tell me where you're from in Delaware, and I'm pretty much going to know where it is. <laughs> So um, now you are at Mercer University. So as you have gone through your career, what are some things or some ways uh, that your time at Southern Wesley and your education there uh, helped prepare you professionally? Wow. I, I would say in so many ways, um, I, when I, when I got out of um, college, I, I did feel very prepared. Um, I, you know, as a new teacher, (laughs) you're never truly prepared for the real world, but, um, I feel like my experience there and my professors, um, really shaped me. And if you had told me, um, when I was in college that I would be doing, you know, this line of work, I would have said, absolutely not. Um, I, I thought I was going to be a classroom, elementary classroom teacher Mm -hmm. for, um, you know, pretty much for the rest of my life. Um, and I think that just a lot of it came from people who believed in me and um, just the smaller class settings allowed me to get to know my, my professors. Um, I could ask questions. We, you know, I really developed a great um, community of friendships with the people in my classes. And um, so I started out as an elementary teacher and I did that. And um, I, 
I was still enjoying it, but I felt like there was something else that God had for me. And um, I like to tell people that I ended up, um, I felt like I was making a, a difference in the lives of my 22, 23 students per year. But in this role, I get to shape teacher candidates and then they can go out and impact, you know, so I feel like um, maybe this is a bigger impact that I have um, in, in my life. But I definitely just say the encouragement and um, just the the support that I received from um, from my faculty members just really set the stage for um, for my future career in higher ed. So after you left Southern Wesleyan, where did you do uh, your graduate work? I ended up going back to Delaware and um, did my graduate work up there. Um, I was close by to my family, um, to my parents, and um, I, I did it there. I was still um, teaching, um, and so I was, you know, kind of <laughs> doing a lot of things at one time. And I look back now, and I'm thinking, wow, that was a that was a busy time in my life. But I think again, um, just. Being involved in so many things in my undergrad just helped me to have um, better time management. And I'm not saying I have the best time management, but it did it did really help me because at SWU I was able to be involved in a lot of things, and I had to plan and I had to you know organize. And I think all of that just um, just went right into my career. And then when I started working in my um, graduate work. Yeah, you mentioned, you know, before we got started, uh, being a double major and being involved with impact. So that's one thing about Southern Wesleyan is if you want to be involved in things, the opportunities are there to get plugged in into uh, campus life and to student life. Absolutely. And I was, um, I actually was involved in some productions that, you know, we had, um, there were so many opportunities that we had to, um, to be involved in things. Um, and I look back now and, you know, I know that if you go to a big university, you could still be involved. Um, but I just felt that there were so many opportunities and you didn't feel intimidated. You didn't feel you, you really did feel part of a community at SWU. Hmm. Now you have done uh, a lot of research on, uh, literacy, especially uh, how it relates to, uh, kids from low income Homes. Can you tell us a little bit about that research? Sure. Um, actually, uh, that's one of my big passions um, because I just feel that literacy is, um, you know, that is just a common denominator that everyone should have that opportunity in their life to learn to read, to write. Um, you know, without that foundation, it's just, um, you know, not going to, to work. And what I found in my research is we still have a divide. And, um, and I think as Christ followers, we have an opportunity to help um, those who are in need and those who you know need us the most. And so um, that's one of my big research topics is um, really um, looking at the early literacy and, and building that foundation. And with that comes the um, opportunity to train teachers um, to be more well-equipped 
so that kindergarten teacher can um, really truly understand um, how to relate to a student who may not have opportunities prior to kindergarten um, to learn. Um, they may not have parents who read to them at night. And so just helping to kind of, um, you know, get that, that divide, you know, to, to, um, to make sure that students have the opportunities as they go into school um, to help them. And another part of my research is um, teacher retention. Mm. And so I'm just a firm believer that what I do um, as a person in higher ed in a college of education is helping to train. I think it's ethical that we train um, and support teachers so that they do feel um, that this is a career that they can stay in. You know, we have all these statistics that, um, you know, people spend all this money to be teachers and then after the first year they leave um, mm -hmm. and because they didn't have the um, – they didn't have the strength in a program to help them really truly know how to teach. And so that's a huge part of what I do is um, looking for ways to support, um, to mentor, to, to train um, new teachers so that the students themselves and the teachers um, have, a, have a fair chance um, at learning and growing and developing. Yeah. Um. You know, right now we're living in unprecedented times and, and all around the country, teachers and, and students are finding out that they're not going back to the classroom this year. So as you have been preparing teachers, uh, I'm curious if you've heard from any of your former students, but how do you think this, this current situation, you know, again, you and I talked about kind of Zoom fatigue how do you think all of this is going to impact education in the future and how it impact how you train teachers? Absolutely. And, and that's something um, I am. I try to be a very optimistic person mm. and um, I firmly believe that this is actually going to open up some eyes to the challenges that teachers face and to the, um, to the fact that teaching is, is difficult. It's mm. a, but it's a career and you know it, I see memes and I see things on social media where um, parents are trying to homeschool their children and and you see these funny memes about you know um, I you know my, I, I've already expelled a child and I've only been homeschooling for three hours you know and, <laughs> and so you know but but I think that really truly I think that this might push us back into seeing how education is, um, it, it's a career, it's a profession, it should be treated as such. And also, I think that this um, is really opening up creativity um, so that we are looking at different ways and different means. Um, I know that this actually is almost, in a sense, helping children who are so, um, we get so used to, in America, it's, uh, you know, we're, we're so used to having everything. And we're so used to going to the store and ha seeing everything we need in, in surplus. And I think that children are actually saying, I miss school. I yes. miss actually, you know, and I think so. So I'm really, um, I'm really thinking and I'm optimistic that this will maybe bring about some, some changes in um, mindset. Uh, and I really think that teachers also are starting to recognize that um, I'm, I'm being creative. I'm, I'm going above and beyond. Um, this is unprecedented 
but I think that I'm, I'm really hoping that people start to recognize the, the roles that teachers play, not just as an educator, but also all the other things that educators do um, to support students and families. Um, at the beginning of the school year, my son actually started uh, online school and it just it wasn't it just wasn't for him. You know, he missed connecting with the teachers and so middle of the school year, he goes back to, to public school and he came up to me last night. He's like, Dad, this is exactly what I didn't want to be doing. I miss everybody. I want to, you know, want to, you know, want to go back. I miss that uh, interaction. And I think, um, yeah, I just, I, I'm very curious. I think it's during times like this that some of our greatest innovations come through. And I'm, I'm excited to see how that impacts uh, the world of education. Uh, so, I am as well. So, so one of the reasons we wanted to talk to you at this time was you were just selected as a governor's teaching uh, fellow. And there might be people listening to this and they're like, I have no idea what that means. So can you tell us, uh, I mean, obviously a very prestigious uh, award, uh, but can you tell us a little bit about what that is and how that came about for you? Sure. Um First of all, um, totally a God thing again. Um, you know, I... Um, you know, I look at myself and I say, I, I basically am not, you know, um, I, I never look at anything that I, I get and say, oh, that was me. <laughs> Definitely not. Um, but it, it came about um, in the state of Georgia. Um, we have um, governor's teaching fellows, which every year they select um from all the universities within um, the state and you have to be nominated. Um, and then the, um, so people from different, um, from, you know, different colleges within a university um, are nominated and then the university president selects one. Um, and so I was selected by our president. Um, and so my name went up um, to the, you know, to the higher ups um, within the state and they select out of all the colleges, they select um, a small number. Um, and I received notification that I had been selected, um, which is a truly an honor um, and a privilege. And basically what that means is um, I will be um, spending some time at University of Georgia in the fall and in the spring. Um, and um, I'll be working with a small cohort of um, like-minded individuals um, from other institutions, and we will be doing a lot of growing. It's a lot of professional learning, um, and with that, we also um, have a big project that each of us has to um, do during our time, and I chose to do mine on which um, I really did not know about the pandemic when, right. um, you know, they, they said when I had to fill out the application, um, they said, what would you want your um, project to be if you were selected? And I said that I wanted to focus on um, social and emotional aspects of how that influences children of poverty um, and, you know, academically and um, and so that actually happened. I found out that I was nominated and I had to fill out, you know, this application um, that happened before all of this came about. And now I'm thinking, wow, what perfect right. timing, um, because now I get to um, do some further research on how this social and emotional aspect of learning really does influence 
um, the academics, especially if you um, if you have that fear um, and you are living in poverty and everything is unstable. Mm. And now with, you know, with the economy and, um, you know, with just different things going on in the world and just the fear of going outside, um, I think that this is um, going to be something that I'm hoping will um, be very beneficial um, where I live and then, you know, elsewhere. Um, so I don't have all the logistics of, you know, but um, we are planning, Lord willing, starting in September and then every month um, throughout the year, I'll be um, meeting and we do three-day intensive every month, um, just trainings and workshops mm. and, and working. Um, so it'll be probably three days of little sleep and then <laughs> come back to my real real world, real job. <laughs> um, so I'm, I'm really honored and I'm really excited because I think this will help me professionally and then it will help um, I'm wanting everything that I learn I'm, I'm learn I'm hoping to soak up and then bring back to my students and to my colleagues right well I will be very interested to hear what you find in in your research well I mean what you're right what a God thing that that's what you're gonna be studying in the midst of everything uh, that's going on. Um, So my last question is this, if you were going to, you know, you know, had a room of 17, 18, you know, 20 year olds um, who, you know, were going into teaching, what is, uh, you know, looking back on your experiences, what is the best advice that you would give to a group of future teachers? Oh, wow. Um, you know, I would definitely say, um, and, and I learned this myself, um, use every moment as a teachable moment um, because there are so many times that I learned things that weren't in a textbook and just learning from a faculty member, but also learning from, you know, each other and just soaking it up. Um, you know, don't look at um, your your time in college as a means to an end. Look at it as this is your opportunity to really find yourself and really learn more about yourself. Um, I would definitely say, um, and again, learn this the hard way, um, but I would definitely say, learn to balance your time um, and learn to not procrastinate because, um, you know, education is one of those things that it can be overwhelming. And so when you as an educator, um, you know, have that mindset that I'll wait, um, everything starts to pile up. Grading starts to pile up, you know, um, emails start to pile up. And so it's just really good to kind of, you know, to do that. Um, and then lastly, I would just say, be a lifelong learner. If you don't enjoy learning, your students aren't going to enjoy learning. So I would say, um, you know, be, learn what you are passionate about and take every opportunity to learn more about that. Well, that's pretty, pretty good advice, not just for future (laughs) teachers, but for, for all of us. So, um, Dr. Luther, uh, again, congratulations on, on this award. And uh, thank you for your time today, and we wish you all the best. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Take care and be safe, um, and go swoop. That's right. That's right. (laughs) Thanks a lot. Thank you.